What's going on, people? It's y'all, Mike H. back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? Hope y'all are having a lovely, lovely, lovely week. Hope the weather is getting beautiful for you as it is for me. It's been raining a little bit today, but the weather over the weekend and into this week and the week moving on, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty dope. It's been pretty good weather outside. And whenever the weather is good, you know your boy's excited. You know your boy's happy. Well, sometimes. Sometimes I'm still like, oh, you know, life. But I hope y'all are doing good, man. I hope y'all are doing great. I hope y'all are not really too afraid of this whole coronavirus situation that we got going around. I just pray that nobody gets ill, that nobody suffers any kind of sickness from this thing, but it is spreading each and every single day. So like we said the last time, take every precaution. Make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're um, trying your best not to be in crowded places. Or not necessarily be in crowded places, but just, you know, limit your engagements in a lot of places where people are so that that way you don't you're not putting yourself in any situation where it can spread but for the most part from all the reports to saying if you have a good immune system you should be fine but at the same time just you know do your due diligence be careful uh wash your hands take care of yourself you know eat the right things so your immune system is strong because that does really play a role so less sugary stuff more healthy vegetables type of foods fruits those kind of things so that your immune system can fight for you can be an ally to you during these times a lot of times during this season the biggest thing is for you to have a balanced diet so that your immune system actually fights for your benefit rather than it working against you in 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 a way so might be a good time for you to actually like cut down on a lot of sugary things. I know I need to do this. I'm really speaking to myself when I say this. I need to cut down on a lot of sugary things. You know, people always be bringing stuff to the office, always bringing snacks, cakes, all this kind of stuff in the office. So easy to get fat when you work in a corporate environment. But for me to have that discipline to be like, no, I'm not going to eat that today. I'm not going to eat this today. I'm going to eat what I know I should be eating which will be healthy for me, which will make me whole, which will fill me up, all that good stuff, all that good stuff. But speaking of the coronavirus, let's get right into the topics of the day. And we're starting with what is actually being canceled. You know, right now in in the world, we have something called cancel culture, where if we don't agree with somebody or somebody says something that we've deemed to be inappropriate or we deem to be Uh, offensive or we deem to be just you know anything of that sort we have this cancel culture where they basically cancel it on twitter as if that actually affects his real life but mm, either way it's our digital being self you know for some reason we think our digital lives is so much more important than our real lives but that's i'm not we're not gonna start that we're not gonna start that discussion but the main thing is we have a cancel culture and Right now, Corona is really showing us what cancel culture really is. Corona is is doing this thing, and COVID is putting everybody out of work. COVID is is canceling everything. It's like the ultimate canceler, like I've ever seen. Like it just everything comes that's supposed to be happening right now is no longer happening because everybody's scared of COVID. COVID is just smacking everybody down. So to give you an example of some of the things that COVID is Im- impacting, the entire country of Italy basically is canceled. It's just basically on lockdown. Unless you're going to work or you have a family emergency, you are not to live leave your house. Like 
Initially, it was just for the northern region of uh, of Italy, but as the day progressed on Monday and then on Tuesday, they announced, you know what, the entire country of Italy is on lockdown. So you can't leave the country, you can't come into the country. They're on lockdown right now, trying to avoid the spread of the coronavirus. That's a big deal because Italy is the third largest economy within the Euro- European Union. And then from there, we already talked about how the Mobile World Congress is not going to take place in Barcelona anymore this year, which as a nerd, I always pay attention to that con- to that conference because I always, you know, I got to see the new tech and fanboy over new tech and new possibilities and all that good stuff. The Geneva International Motor Show, which has been around since 1908 and previously had only been canceled twice because of World, uh, because of world War One and World War Two. Corona just flexed its muscle and it's just put itself on the level of a world war and canceled the Geneva International Motor uh, uh, Motor Show, which if you don't know what that is, it's a car show. Basically, they reveal all kinds of new car designs, all kind of fancy car designs. It's really cool. Some of the concept cars that they usually put on on that show. But this year, we're not going to be seeing any of those concept car design unless they release them online for us to be able to see some of those products. Google canceled its Google I.O. event, which for me is another. You're going to notice something with all these events that I'm listing. There's a lot of nerd events, a lot of tech events, a lot of those kind of events, because those are the things that I pay attention to the most. But it's also some of the biggest events in the world right now. Uh, Google canceled Google I.O. Like I said, Facebook just canceled its F8 uh, tech conference south by southwest which is a tech conference but also a music festival just got canceled and with all these cancellations that's going on the biggest news about it the biggest issue with the cancellations is the fact of is the amount of revenue that should be brought in by these big conferences that would happen every year with people flying in from all over the world to different to all these different conferences and putting so much money to whether it's a uh, small business owners or whether it's to just the economy of whatever city that is they're losing all kinds of money because of it it is estimated that about 46 billion dollars will be lost due to all these show cancellations from travel businesses uh, from travel business trips, meaning airlines, hotels, food, all these things that usually serve to those business trips, like when you people are traveling out of town for work and all that kind of stuff. All these different conferences are being canceled. Nesby, if you don't know what Nesby is, Nesby is the National Society of Black Engineers. It's usually it's a great place to be if you're trying to look for if you're trying to get a job as an engineer. Go to Nesby. There are multiple opportunities that you can possibly end up getting a job for yourself. Nesby is canceled this year. Well, it's not canceled. It's been postponed because of the coronavirus. I'm the SEC conference, which is a Southeastern Electric conference, has also been canceled. All the IEEE, all different like professional type of uh, business expense uh, conferences that you would go to and businesses pay for are being canceled all over the place. And these are having such a huge effect on different economies and different small towns. Austin is going to lose. I believe they said Austin was going to lose maybe about five billion dollars or five between. I can't remember if it was billion or million that the guy said, but it's about five million or five billion dollars because South by Southwest is not being held in Austin anymore. But I think it was five billion because that it's a huge conference. Both tech companies were going to be there and also um, and also it's a music festival, which is two of the largest industries, two of some of the largest industries in the world for consumer expenditure. And so whenever people come to those events, they're going to buy stuff from small business owners and all that kind of stuff. So now all, 
all that is being impacted by the fact that COVID is just basically shutting everybody down and everybody's kind of avoiding being in public places. And even apart from that, a lot of schools and a lot of colleges are also closing down. Now, the good thing about that, however, is the fact that they've started implementing a lot of online learning systems, at least in the colleges, not necessarily not necessarily in the high schools or uh elementary schools or things of like that but in the colleges they've started implementing a lot of um online learning pro- uh, programs and online learning platforms to try and continue the school year so that people aren't held back or anything like that it was funny they were doing they did a story on some students in china they started using some learning platform on the, on ios devices on the apple store or on the app store for apple and the students figured out that if they they wrote enough negative reviews on the app, they knew that the app store will automatically remove that app so that they wouldn't have to go to school. And so a bunch of students flooded and wrote all kinds of negative reviews so that they won't have to go to classes or have classes or anything like that. So that was pretty interesting. That was funny. But that's one of the things that's happening. But also businesses are also closing their doors and saying, if you work for us, go ahead and just work from home for this week. I'm saying, I'm talking about businesses in the US. For example, Twitter, Facebook, Alphabet, aka Google, and Amazon have all have all decided, oh, man, you know what the problem is? I just said, okay, Google, and my Google just went off in, on my phone. It was like, mm, that's not what I meant. It's about to go off again. <laughs> no. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> it keeps going on. So I can't say, Mm-mm-mm-mm. if I say those words, you know, those, those trigger words are, it's going to f- go off again. But anyway, they've all told their workers to work from home as much as possible and not to have indirect contact meetings. Even for me at work, we just got told that any large gathering meeting or anything like that should be postponed to later dates. So right now, where every meeting that we have is probably going to be teleconferenced if we have to go anywhere outside of the office environment, just so you can reduce the amount of contact that you have with people. It's being advised that you stay like six feet away from people, all this, all this stuff, because they're trying to reduce how much it is spreading. Because like I said at the beginning of this, COVID is spreading and it's spreading much faster than anticipated and much faster than people thought it would spread. Because at the end of the day, it is a strain of the flu and you know how the flu spreads. It spreads extremely quickly, extremely quickly once it's flu season. But the hope is as it's getting warmer outside, as the weather gets better, hopefully we can, hopefully more, uh, ail- not ailments, more cures or more antidotes or more whatever it is that medical people call these things are able to be found and more ways to beat this flu virus is found and it's able to be quelled. COVID is so big that in order for the new James Bond movie to not fail, the James Bond movie No Time to Die has pushed is released all the way to November. It was supposed to come out in April, but because they're like, yo, this is a big blockbuster movie and people are too afraid to go out of their house, we're just going to go ahead and push this thing till November. So it's affecting everything. It's affecting businesses, affecting movies, affecting food is affecting everything everything you can think of it's affecting it in one shape or another we've already talked about how it's completely decimated the stock market and how that's been a bloodbath for the last few weeks and we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go more and more into the topics of today but moving on from there and just like i was talking about how people are allowed to work from home which is great that people are able to work from home however this has shown a disparity between those 
who can work from uh, from home and those who cannot work from home. What do I mean when I say those who can and those who can't? Basically, those who manage the facilities that we use on a daily basis when we go to the office. So we're talking about janitors. We're talking about those who clean the office building, who pick up trash, who, who wipe the doors down, who wipe the windows down, all those kind of services that I'm going to say that I don't think about on a daily basis when I go to work. I just know I go to the office, the office is clean and it's all good. And I just do what I need to do. But the thing is, these ones cannot work from home because the, their need is at the office environment. And if the office environment is being shut down, it means they can't work period. It means it's less income for them, which is not good. But the good news is a lot of these companies, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, and Twitter have promised that they will still pay those employees who may not be needed. Their services may not be needed, but they're still going to pay them to at least hold them through this dire time when they're suffering, when they're not going to be able to work those hourly, those hours that they usually work and when they come to the office to clean up or do whatever it is that they do for all the different facilities that they manage. So, so these companies is good on them to come out and say, Hey, we're still going to support our workers to ensure that they're still able to live life. They're still able to put food on the table. They're still able to pay their bills, pay their mortgage, pay whatever it is that they need to pay for so that they're not suffering just because of COVID-19 hit and then they have to suffer for it. No, they're doing something about it. And that's great. That's great. I mean, I'm going to tell you all from personal experience, I've been able to work from home. I've not really ever thought about the impact that it has on other people who can't work from home. But hearing uh, these larger companies come out and say that they will support those who do all the other minimal stuff that most people don't really think about is very, very good to hear about. Now, Let's get back to talking about the markets and some of the news that is coming out of the markets and what this whole COVID-19 means. One of the questions that keeps on being asked, if you've watched the news, if you listen to news podcasts, if you read paper articles, if you just go on any commenting section or even just having discussions with anybody, one of the questions that's usually being asked through this whole situation is, are we going into a recession? Even on this podcast, we've said it multiple times where I've said it where it looked like we are heading for a recession. But something that I'm learning recently and something that I want to share with every one of you is when we talk about a recession, we never know when we are in a recession until we are on the other side of a recession. So what do I mean by this? A recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So in other words, you it's the only time you know what the GDP was is after you've already come out of it. Then you can say, oh, we were in a recession or we've been in a recession with the times of what we have right now with the S&P 500 dropping almost 18 and a half percent, which is heading towards a bearish market. And if you don't know, a bearish market basically means that the the stocks have dropped 20 percent from their recent highs. And if you think about it, we just we earlier this year in February, we were just talking about how the stock market was at all time highs. But now the S&P 500 has lost almost five trillion dollars from its initial uh, initial valuation in February on February 19th. And that feels like what, three weeks ago? That is that was actually what, three weeks ago, not even up to a month ago that it was at that high. And we are seeing it all the way down. I mean, I was looking at my Robin Hood portfolio the, the other day and it was like, oh, yeah, I've seen a hundred percent increase i was looking at i've seen like a, a crazy amount of returns on my investment and then over the span of about three weeks my investment just looked inverted it was just like everything was just down 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 that's why but the 
the, however, if we, if I had told you all this, or if I could have told you all this, yesterday, or rather Tuesday, was a great time to buy stocks. Actually, now is a great time to buy stocks with the markets heading all for a for a low point. Even though it's not all time low, it's not that low. It's still some expensive stocks, but there are some good stocks that you should be looking to buy. I would say if you have a little bit of extra money, buy Microsoft stocks, buy some stocks in, in Coke. Buy some stocks in Disney. Buy some stocks in Apple if you have that kind of income. Buy some stocks in these stocks that will pay you some kind of dividend. And also, it's a good time to buy them because they've fallen from their high point. I mean, Microsoft starting out this year was about 230 or so, and now it's about 150, 160. Uh, Disney was about 150. Now it's uh, about 110. I mean, going into the weekend, it was about 100. And then starting out this week, it's come back to about 110. So now is a good time to buy some stocks to just buy them and just collect the dividends and then reinvest those dividends and keep buying those stocks and keep investing in those stocks so that you can keep earning that dividend check later on. And eventually you get to the point where you're making passive income without really thinking about it because you've invested so much over time. Like we talked about compound interest. Interest, you've invested so much that you don't even need to use your principal anymore. All you're going to be living off of is the dividends. Not even the interest is the dividend from the interest that you've put into the stock for so long. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's something that we'll probably talk about on the fine, uh, personal finance suck segment of this podcast. If you don't know, we do two types of podcasts on here. We focus on Tuesdays. We focus highly on the personal finance side of things. In other words, how do you go about making your money work for you rather than you working for your money? And then on Thursdays, we focus on the business world. What exactly is going on? What are some of the decisions in the political world that are being made that might affect you on a daily basis? Or what is some of the things that's going on in the market that you need to pay attention to so that it can help you make moves in one way or another? But anyway, that's beside the point. Let's get back on this. But yes, like I was saying, we don't know when we're going through a recession. We only find out that we've been in a recession on the outside of a recession. In other words, like we said, it takes two consecutive bad GDP quarters for us to know that we have been going through a, a, a recession. However, there are other ways for us to notice if we are going through a recession, if we are seeing some signs of recession, not really going through a recession, but but seeing signs that maybe we are heading for a recession. One of those ways is when companies start to say that they are no longer hiring people, when they start to say that they're on a hiring freeze for right now, that they can't expand anymore. In other words, they're no longer investing in themselves because they have to curb the damage from whatever is going on in the economy. So they're either letting people go or they're not just adding more people. Because when you hire people, that's showing that, hey, we're looking to expand, we're looking to invest, we're doing some more diversification, we're doing all kinds of stuff. And the other thing you can see is when production and manufacturing starts to contract. Remember, we just talked about this the other day when we talked about the manufacturing number and it did contract a little bit in February because of the worries with coronavirus. So that's another thing that shows as a sign of uh, of possible recession. And then the final one is economic stagnation. In other words, People aren't going out to spend money. People aren't going to movies. People aren't buying, going to restaurants. People aren't doing stuff to spend money anymore. In other words, the thing that has been holding the U.S. economy together over all the months when we're dealing with the trade war, which we are still dealing with the trade war a little bit, that thing, consumer spending, which is two thirds of GDP, once that starts to slow down, then you know that, okay, people are kind of starting to save a little bit more than they normally would. And we might be heading for a recession. But Bank of America released a list of five things that might trigger signs of a recession. 
The first thing was U.S. consumer strength waning, which we just talked about. Small business confidence collapsing. Remember, we just talked about how one of the biggest ways small businesses make money is usually with these conferences when people travel to new places they've never been to before. They're more they, they feel more like they have to spend money whenever you travel anywhere. I know myself when I travel anywhere, I'm just like, you know what? I want to just try this food. or I want to just buy this gift card or I just want to buy this gift shop thing or whatever is the type of thing. When people are not traveling as much, small businesses start to feel it a lot more than the larger corporations would. Jobless claims start to increase. In other words, people start reporting that, hey, I don't have a job anymore. I've been let go. A lot more people start filing for unemployment and that kind of thing. And then the U.S. mortgage uh, activity starts to slow down. In other words, people are like, I can't buy a house anymore. A lot of people who may, like we've been talking about now, is a great time to buy a house because they just reduce the federal interest rate. But if they reduce the federal interest rate and people are still not going to try and buy a house or builders aren't building on houses, that will show a sign that we are heading towards a recession. Like you can see, all these things are no brainer kind of things when you look at the grand scheme of things, but it's things that economists focus on a lot and look at almost every day to make sure that where exactly is the economy heading? Where are we heading? Making sure they're making the right decision to help the country. And then the last one, this one, I don't really like this one, but the last one says the likelihood of President Trump being reelected dipping. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. In the business world, especially in the corporate investment world, Donald Trump is liked because he's very good for equity. He's very good for reduction in taxes. He's very good for everything money, everything to do with money and all that stuff. He's good for that sense. But in my opinion, there are some things that are just more important than economic uh, viability. That's just more important than money. That's just more important than uh, how much can I create or how much money can I put in my bank account and that kind of thing. So that one, but I really don't want to start talking about my political affiliations of the podcast. But if you get a sense, I just, I'm not for him. I don't know. You guys should have gotten that message over, over the multiple months of me talking about all the stupid decisions that he's made over time. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I just, that last one, I don't know why they added that last one to be part of it. I, well, I won't say I don't know because I understand exactly why they added it on there. The business world loves a president like Donald Trump because he's always going to put money in their pockets in one way, shape or form. And to help curb this whole financial instability, the federal government is possibly my cut taxes again this year. And this time around, it's going to include payroll taxes. In other words, it's not just going to be corporate taxes that get cut, but also you and I will get a tax break. In other words, they'll cut our payroll taxes. In other words, more money in my pocket, which I prefer more money to be in my pocket anyway. I think I can do a better job investing my money, doing a better job of using my money than the federal government can. Because over time, the federal government have proven themselves to not be very good. Oh, excuse me. One second have proven themselves to not be very good at using the dollars that you give to them to do whatever it is that they need to do. So yes, I'm very happy if they do end up doing this uh, federal cut or federal tax cut. It would be very nice for my pocket, very nice for my bottom line. And I will look forward to them using that stimulus package to not just help the big companies out there, but to help the little guys, you know, everybody else that doesn't make 
two billion dollars or have that much of capital to invest back then into the economy but the little capital i have i invest in the economy very well i mean i go to i go to kroger you know that that helps i go buy gas that definitely helps you know all this little stuff so that's definitely me helping the economy as a whole i mean like we've talked about multiple 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 times consumers are the thing that have been keeping the u.s economy together so therefore consumers deserve some kind of tax break not just everybody who not just big corporations so i look forward to that stimulus package but speaking of buying gas to help the economy the organization of the petroleum exporting countries or as you will probably know them opec did not agree to cut oil production when they met last week remember last week we talked about how opec was going to meet to try and see if they're going to cut production by about 1.5 million barrels of oil a day to try and help boost the price of of oil because guess what supply and demand demand is really low right now because countries like china and china being one of the number one importers of oil is not importing that much oil with all the factory shutdowns with all the businesses shutdowns with all the travel restrictions not a whole lot of people are traveling in or out of china right now so airlines are not buying that much oil um you and i are about to slow down how much gas we're buying so oil production or oil demand rather has been really low and so oil prices has been dropping and dropping and dropping and the only other way to balance it out is simple economics supply and demand if supply is too high prices for that is going to drop because demand is not that high so the only way you can equate that out is you reduce the supply so that the prices can equal out well when they met when opec met to decide if they were going to cut prices or not well the answer was nah and the reason for this is the saudi-led opec who was of the idea that hey guys this thing is getting out of hand by the way saudi's economy is about i think 70 percent dependent on oil where and so for them whenever the oil prices start to get out of hand and it's really cheap it really really hurts their economy like it really really hurts their bottom line but the Russia-led OPEC Plus was like, heck no, we're not going to cut prices. Now, the reason why Russia, even though it made sense to cut prices, didn't want to cut prices, is the fact that over the last few years, over the last few decades or so, U.S. oil shelling, shelling or shelling, some one of those words, has increased production over time and has gained on Russia and Saudi Arabia to become like one of the world's top producers in oil. And so Russia has not been very happy about it. So this was the chance of Russia to really, really hurt the United States oil market so it can get its dominance back. And so with that being said, Russia said, heck no, we're not cutting prices. And so Saudi Arabia was like, okay, that's how you want to play it. Saudi Arabia cut prices ultra low like Saudi Arabia cut prices at to an all-time low price prices for oil hasn't been that low since 1981 oil prices in history has not had a, a bad day such as it did on Monday and Tuesday since 1981 because Saudi Arabia was like you know what we're going to war with y'all basically it was like ding 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 ring the bell Saudi Arabia versus Russia because they were like yo if you're not gonna play ball with us and if you're not gonna help everybody out you might as well get dead too because Saudi Arabia is the number one oil producer in the world Saudi Arabia is like we will take the short-term L to ensure that we get what we want and we get you to come back to the table and have another negotiations so we can get this thing fixed because right now 
If I don't know if y'all have noticed, the last time I bought oil, uh, I bought gas, it was like 195. It was really cheap. I liked it. I like oil prices. So oil prices are bad for companies, really good for you and I because we'd be buying them gas prices super cheap, super cheap, and it's real good because then it also reduces the prices of consumer goods because. Guess what? Delivery fees aren't that expensive anymore if companies don't have to spend so much on oil. So food is cheaper. Uh, anything you go to the store to buy is cheaper. Anything you get delivered to your house is cheaper because oil prices aren't that high. And so it's good for the consumer, bad for the business world. And eventually, like anything else, there's a balance. There's always a place for balance. And when balance is gone, things start to get out of hand. So anyway, we'll see how this whole price war between Saudi and Russia goes over time to see if Saudi can really, really floor their prices to a point where it forces Russia back to the table. But like I said earlier, Saudi's or Saudi Arabia's economy is about 70% dependent on oil, where Russia's economy is only about 40% dependent on oil. So it has a lot of other means to avoid this whole oil situation. And the International Energy Agency director said, the situation we are witnessing today seems to be no equal in the oil market history. If that puts it into perspective of how big of a deal this oil situation is between Saudi Arabia and Russia. But also remember the fact of why Russia reacted the way it reacted is because it wants to bite the U.S.'s butt. It wants to do something to reduce how much the U.S. has been winning when it comes to oil production recently to ensure that uh, Russia has some kind of power um, some kind of power holding to, to in the world of oil production. Now, remember I said something about OPEC and OPEC Plus. So OPEC is the original countries, the original main oil producing countries. OPEC Plus is another part of, is a different subsidiary, not really subsidiary, but it's a different group of countries that is headed up by Russia. OPEC is headed up by Saudi Arabia and OPEC Plus is headed up by Russia. Just a little note for you to, guys to keep in Keep in, keep in mind as to why they're having this all-out war. So a few numbers to know. I told y'all we're going to be having this segment every once in a while. It's called Numbers to Know. And today the number to know is 273,000. So what is 273,000? This was the latest reports of the from the jobs report uh, for the month of February, which is submitted every month to the U.S. Department's of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics, the U.S. Department of Labor (BLS) for short. I don't know why bureau bureaucracy has so many like names when it comes to the things that. Why don't they just call themselves the Job Reports Department? Why I don't know why they have to go and say we have the U.S. Labor Department Bureau's Labor to Statistics, blah blah. And like, just make this thing easy so people can understand. But the, the idea is not to make it easy. It's to make it as complicated, to make you tired of having to jump through all kinds of circles to get the truth of what you need. But anyway, I am here to help everybody see what it is that is going on in the world. I'm just kidding. But the job reports is important because it tells us if, where, and for how much people are working in the U.S., in the United States. The... Uh, labor health is a very good indicator of overall economy and economic health. The job report influences everything from equities, bonds, and the current state of the markets. Even though 
right now the job reports doesn't even have a single say because it came out and it was amazing like 273,000 jobs being added in the last month is amazing but it didn't matter because it was facing a big guy named covid and covid was just kicking everybody's butt so no matter what number you threw at it covid was like i withstand that thing the markets are still gonna drop blood is gonna be shed in the markets but so anyway that's what happened but it's a good sign it's a good sign of where we are it's one of the biggest numbers uh, uh, the job reports is one of the biggest numbers that can change uh, the way we view the economic status in the United States the good news is the US has been on a row of adding jobs for 112 straight months which if I can do math that's nine years and about three months and unemployment has been historically low. We've talked about it previously. It's been at an all-time low rate, which is great. And so it's also great if you're trying to find a new job. Well, probably don't. It might not be the best time to find a new job, seeing as some companies are starting to do some hiring freezes. But it's still a great time that you can kind of flexibly go from job to job, kind of find something else if you're not enjoying what you're doing and still find something to do because companies are rushing to get talent because there's so many few people trying to get jobs that companies are kind of rushing to get talent so anyway that's all i got for y'all today i hope y'all learned a thing or two let's do a quick recap of every single thing that we discussed on this podcast so we talked about how cancel culture is really what covid is doing it's not what we do in our digital media age facebook twitter all that stuff COVID is the real cancel culture and it is shutting down things from businesses to conferences to countries as a whole. COVID is that guy that shuts every single thing down. People are able to work from home for some businesses because of COVID. Schools are shut down like we just talked about. And then we talked about if we are in a recession or not and we decided or we said there's no way for us to really know if we're in a recession right now until after we come out of the recession and then we start saying oh we had two consecutive quarters of negative gdp we were in a recession and that's the only way you can really know but there are some things to look at as to see if whether or not we're heading for a recession and those things are a slowdown in the in business cycles no new hiring uh, and a contraction in production and manufacturing and then economic stagnation, which is basically just consumer spending. And then finally, we talked about OPEC and how gas is going to be because Saudi Arabia and Russia have decided to go into a price fight. And so they're really, really uh, price war and they're trying to lowball each other out of the market. So uh, Saudi's trying to do this to force Russia to come back to the table to negotiate because oil prices had been dropping. And this was like basically just the nail in the coffin. It killed all the oil prices when Saudi Arabia dropped prices to be at an all time low. It didn't just drop prices. It also in- increased production. Basically going against everything that makes economic sense of that supply demand curve that we were talking about. But anyway, that's all I have for each and every single one of y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. I hope y'all learned a thing or two on here. And I will catch y'all next week. God bless each and every single one of y'all. Take care. Have fun during this weekend. And don't catch corona. Don't touch people. But it's been your boy Kalichi. God bless y'all. Peace.